If you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 3. Just so you know where I'm coming from, I had something in mind that I really wanted to preach. And uh, this afternoon in the doctor's office, the Lord began to deal with me about this sermon. And I said, Lord, there's no way with the state my mind is in that I can do this. And he just kept impressing me to do this. So he knew everybody that was going to be here tonight. And, and I want to obey him. Um, in our, I went through ordination school with the Assemblies of God. And one of the teachers told some of our guys that are in ordination school that he does his sermons a year in advance. And I, th- I thought, that doesn't sound like Assembly of God. <laughs> you know, we, we, I, don't, I believe you should study. If you throw it together, they'll eventually throw you out. That's the motto I live by, by the way. But we got the Holy Spirit wants to talk sometimes. And, and I don't want you to plan out your sermon a year in advance. Because if I walk in here and I need a word from God, I don't need what you thought about a year ago. I need what God's saying now. So just, you know, and if you do that, great. But I don't understand. Luke 3. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latch of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose uh, fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his, uh, his gardener, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his um, exhortation preached he unto the people. Go back to 16. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And we usually stop there. And it jumped off the page in fire. And there's a fire baptism. Amen. Father, we ask you for your anointing. I need you desperately. I pray that you anoint me and anoint your people. God, as we sing tonight, we know you love us. We thank you for your love. Oh, God, we bow our knee at the cross. Help me, Holy Ghost, tonight. I need you. We love you and we praise you. Amen. So, as I was, pr- as I was just like this jumped at me like we always preach holy ghost baptism and listen i'm a big believer in holy ghost baptism um you can put it down i I was talking to i I went to lunch with red and he was talking about some of his new members are coming in and don't understand the holy spirit and the baptism of the holy spirit and and he told him hey when you see me during worship service I've got my head down and I am praying in the Holy Spirit and I am letting the Holy Spirit fill me with his thoughts. Our pastor does it all the time. You might not hear him, but he's letting the Holy Spirit fill him with the thoughts of heaven and the desire of heaven. And there should be a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Okay, so what he's saying to him is, look, I've just corrected you because you are totally way out of balance with this. And I've, I've kind of said, hey, everything's decent. Everything's in order. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you look good. He's going to make Jesus look good. Is this on? The Holy Ghost is not going to make you look good. He's going to make Jesus look good. And Paul says, oh, so, but... Because you think I'm being restricted on tongues because I'm telling you it's better to speak in English than come grab somebody and shake them in tongues. We don't like that. But it's true. Don't come pray for me in tongues and shake me where I can't talk to God if I'm trying to talk to him. 
That don't mean I don't pray in tongues when I pray for people. Don't get me wrong. But Paul's saying, hey, so I've set the order and the rule, but I need you to hear something. I pray in tongues more than them all. What does that teach us? And that this is nothing in the lesson, but this is just something I'm on my heart. That tells me, he said, I'm a leader. And to be a leader of anything, I must have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To be, we have our widows are neglected. Book of Acts, growing. Pick out seven men full of wisdom. And the Holy Ghost. Nowadays, modern church, you're like, hey, you're willing to work? Please, come help. We don't care what you are. We don't care the qualifications. We don't care if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Just please, if you'll work, we'll let you work. Now listen, it's amazing to me that in a Pentecostal church, a lot of times when you get on tongues, Pentecostal people that are in a Pentecostal church look at you like you're talking about some strange doctrine. This is not strange. The, the Holy Ghost is for you and for your children and for those that are afar off and as many as the Lord God shall call. If there's anything strange about it, it's you don't understand Him. Amen. He's glorious. When you feel terrible like I did tonight, I, the guys gathered around me in my office and I began to pray in the language of heaven and the Holy Spirit began to come on me and I felt the power that I did not have. I felt a clarity in my mind. It's all about service. If you're teaching a Sunday school class, if you're leading anything in this church and you are not full of the Holy Spirit, you got to get that way. You got to have the vision for your class. You got to have the direction from heaven of where we're going. And I'll tell you, it won't be your vision. It'll be under the pastor's vision and it'll be about growing people and bringing people in. Every time I pray in the Holy Spirit, every time I think about how can I get them involved? How can I get this person involved? They need, this is their church. They should feel important. This isn't even my sermon. But I feel it. I want our Sunday school classes to grow. I want our ministries in this church to reach. we got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, Yes, and that's where most people end it. And he said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. So I looked up, just wanted to see it in the Greek, what baptize meant. I love it. It means to dip repeatedly. And I about started shouting in my office and I said, God... I want you to dip me repeatedly in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about don't just dip me once. Keep dipping me and keep dipping me and keep dipping me. Why is there fire? If you read the next verse 17, he said it's come to purify you. So what happens in the church? I'll tell you what happens in the church. We think 1 Corinthians 13, we don't realize it's right in the middle of all the spiritual gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. We think it's for weddings and for brotherly love. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. No, you need to read it. The Holy Spirit is showing everybody. It's not about the love chapter. It's about when you get the Holy Ghost and you say you're filled with the Spirit and you speak in tongues. If you speak with tongues but don't have love, you are nothing. It's not for a wedding. It's for church. It's they have, the Corinthians had all these gifts and they prophesied and they shouted and they danced and they abused gifts, but they didn't have love for one another. And he's saying, hey, if the Holy Ghost is there, he will burn you until nothing is left but the love of God. He will get a hold of you. He will deal with every part of you that's not like Jesus Christ. And you will have a love for the brethren that's not yours. And it's a contagious. It's a fire. It spreads. The day I knew that Brother Roy 
was going to be my best friend was the day that me and two guys got the bright idea in the winter of the new church property. We couldn't fish, so we were going to burn away some of the kudzu. Great idea, huh? This was how many years ago, Brother Roy? Make it seem a long time. <laughs> Brother Roy just started coming to the church club. So we started burning around it so we could fish. You want to know what happens in the winter to uncut grass? It's dry and the wind blows. And the next thing I know, there is fire in every direction. This is Christmas Eve Eve. It's, it's the 23rd of December. And I'm looking at the flame. We have no water. We never brought water. We thought we'd stomp it out. And every time we stomp like this, the flame says, and keeps growing. And I'm like, I see a house. I don't know if you've ever been there. And you look at the pond, you look back towards the road. There's a brick house there. I thought, I'm about to give them a Christmas present from Evangel called a burned down house. And I am panicked. And, and one kid found a bucket, and he's dipping the bucket in the pond and running and throwing it. And every time that water hits it, it just adds air to it, and it just shoots further. And so every, you know, Mount Olive doesn't see much activity, so we called the fire department. They brought everything they had. <laughs> and there's sirens everywhere, and they're spraying everything. And Brother Roy pulls up. And I said... My granddad's going to kill me. <laughs> Roy's going to tell him I'm a dead man. And Roy, after it's out, we've got black faces from the smoke and the soot all over us. And he looks at me and he says, you know, if I'd known you were going to uh, get a bonfire going for Christmas Eve, I'd have brought the hot dog weenies and the marshmallows. <laughs> and from that point on, we just became so close. It just sealed the deal. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to die. And I think I said after that, please don't tell my granddad. Let me tell him months later. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Anyways, why, where were we going with that? We're going with love. It's 1 Corinthians 13. The next time you read it, please read it. He says, though I have the gift of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And though I have all these things, Brother Dennis, and we're like, oh, that's for a wedding. It's not for a wedding. It's saying, hey, if you have the Holy Spirit, you got to have His fire. you got to have a love that burns away everything. I have been under the greatest spiritual attack in my entire life the last month. And you know why I'm under it? Because God began to show me a revelation that Satan cannot work in somebody's life that is filled with love. There's no place for him to. If you have somebody filled with love, you can pelt stones off of them and they will pray, God, don't lay it to their charge. I understand they're human. I understand they've been taught this way about, and they don't understand you. If you have love, Satan can never get an advantage of us if we're filled with that fire that burns away everything we are and it fills us with him. It's amazing. And ever since I've received it, all I've done is seen every area of my life where I really don't have love. It's like I felt like I was sinking, but I've seen through this sermon, even today he was showing me, no, you're not sinking. I'm exposing everything in you I want to burn out. 
I want to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is not to give you the gifts. It's to give you love. Because if you have love, every gift will work when it needs to work. You know what's wrong in the, I hear it all the time. What's wrong in the Pentecostal churches? What's wrong in the Pentecostal churches? There's not prophecy. There's not tongues and interpretation. I'll tell you what's wrong with us. We've got this stupid thing called a cell phone. We bash each other called Facebook. We talk about each other. We, we don't even say anything, but we judge in our hearts and it divides us. And then we come in here and sing the praises of the one who forgave us for everything and then we say where's the gifts oh I knew we weren't going to get shouty tonight there's got to be love there can't be backbiting and talking listen people that are on fire for God offense cannot lodge there because love will not let it prove it Jonathan I'm glad you asked One of my favorite scriptures, Acts 2. Fundamental truth of the assembly of God. Pull it up, bud. One through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. You cannot be in one accord in one place without the Holy Spirit's love at the center. Right? Would you agree with that? Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Listen to me. Some of you don't even believe in your mind that God can still do this. I've been in services before where the curtains in the top moved. And I know you think I'm crazy. I would have thought I was crazy. But the glory of God was so strong and people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the awesome power of God was demonstrated. The curtains moved. I'll tell you what I did. I laid on my face and I never moved again. I was scared to death in a good way. God was in the house. That's what happened here. In that house where they were sitting. Look at three. And everybody knows this. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of what? Fire. The Holy Ghost and fire are right together. Listen. And why did it sit on them as fire? And it sat upon each one of them. Look at verse four. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Cloven tongues as of fire. Cloven means just separate languages. Brother Dennis, if he was there, would begin to speak in a different language. I would begin to speak in a different language. Sister Becky and Brother Lot would begin to speak in different languages as the Holy Spirit led us to praise God in a different language. That's all it meant, but he had to show them something. When the Holy Ghost comes, his fire, the first thing he's going to do is he wants your tongue. Who can tame the tongue, James said. I'll tell you who can. His name's the Holy Ghost. Oh, bless God, I speak in tongues. Yeah, but you backbite everybody around you. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You've got learned behavior. I know y'all don't like this. This is true, though. Some of you think you're praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit hadn't given you an utterance yet because you've got bitterness in the center of your heart. You're just speaking a language you learned. Como se llama? Me, I'm a Jonathan. I learned that language, kind of. Burrito, quesadilla, got it. Some of you, the same way you learned Spanish, you've learned your prayer language, and you think because you feel something in a language, that's not the Holy Ghost. He loves you so much, He's going to give you fire to burn away the garbage in your mouth. And from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks, so He's going to work His way from your tongue down to your heart. 
It's painful. Fire is no fun sometimes. But man, sometimes when it's dark and cold and that fire begins to burn, that's what he wants to do with this church. I can feel him calling everybody to individual prayer. Listen, I'm doing a series the next, not next Wednesday, but the next, I'm starting a three-week series on who the the Holy Spirit is. And I'm going to talk about all of that. Because, man, there's some miscommunication about the Holy Spirit. Just because it's crazy doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when it's crazy, it's you. Because we're crazy. You know, you'll know when it's the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, he's amazing. He pushes up Jesus. That's all he does. All the Holy Spirit does. So I wanted to show you that. He gets a hold of your tongue. What you say. I I really was wrestling with God because I wanted to do a series on Wednesday nights about who we are in Christ. I started to really realize I don't really believe who I really am in Christ. But he was like, no, preach on the Holy Spirit. Did you get the Holy Spirit when you got saved? Sure you did. He regenerated you. He He applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your heart. He's amazing. But there's something called the baptism. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. Well, what were you baptized in? Water. We confessed with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and we're baptized in water. Oh, well, there's something else you're missing. He comes with fire. He'll run that engine for you. When you feel weak, you can go to the Holy Ghost. And I pray tonight, when I was in my office, every one of you asked God in your own way. We don't have to come down here to get the fire. In your seat, you can say, God, they were sitting in the book of Acts. God, here and now, I need the fire again. I need a passion for souls again. I need something that's going to change me. I am so sick and tired of the same way. I am ready to experience the real fire. Amen. Hebrews 13, do you have that up for me? You can tell I'm used to preaching down here. These steps are killing me. For our God is a consuming fire. I grew up in church, Brother Hank, my whole life. That scripture out there scared me to death my whole life. I'd hear that preach and I was like, God's fire. Fire is not good if you live like we know we all live. And so as a kid, I was always scared of that. The second thing God ever showed me when he called me to preach was this scripture. And he said, you're missing the whole thing. This is the new covenant. It's unveiled. The God of fire now doesn't shake the mountains and kill you when you touch the mountain. You can touch God now. And what he'll do is he'll come and burn you till they don't see anything but Christ. And that's the first thing he ever showed me. The fire of God is not a scary thing. It's a glorious thing. It's something that's going to reveal everything you know that you've got wrong in your life. He will burn it out so that only Christ is left. That is so simple, but it's so true. He will get a hold of us and start working on us. You ever had your temper just flare back up after you thought God whooped it down? (laughs) I know probably none of y'all have. You know, you think, man, I'm walking in love and God's got me with no temper problem. And then you act like a crazy fool, Proverbs said. And and you're like, who is this fool? And you got to get reminded, 
the, the word baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire is, is a dunking, continually dunking. You can't just say, okay, I got it, good. Get dunked in the fire again. It'll swell back up. It might not be tempered to you. Some of you only know how to gossip. You don't even know how to say hello to somebody without carrying. Wait, let me tell you this, and I'm going to be done with this subject. My great-grandmother always said something. Maybe not even spiritual, but it always applies to life. A dog that'll bring a bone will carry a bone. Somebody always coming to you with dirt. All they want to do is get what you're going to say so they can bring you the bone, get you stirred up, and carry the bone. I just want to be like, hey, I got that principle like when I was 10. Some of you are way over 10 and don't get it. They're stirring you. They're working you. Why do you think, thank you, Lord. Why do you think he said quench not the Holy Spirit? That's 1 Thessalonians 5 if you want to look it up. Quench not the Holy Spirit. How do I quench the Holy Spirit? When he's trying to break out in this church, your tongue will quench him. Division will quench him so fast. Grudges and offenses will quench him. And why do you think he had to write him and say, hey, when the Holy Spirit fire's going, it's just like any other fire. You keep stoking it. You keep reading your Bible. You keep praying for more fire. You keep praying for more and it starts welling up in you. And all of a sudden it gets around the people. And all of a sudden when they get on fire, that starts getting them. See, if you start criticizing people for their spirituality, they'll never get a chance to get on fire. And you forgot how, who you really are. I am what I am by grace of God. Forget that. When you got love in your heart, you don't. Amen? Quench him. It's the same word to extinguish a fire. He's coming in and trying to burn. I'm telling you, this is an amazing church. I'm so thankful for it. Don't quench him. I got one last thing I'll share with you and I'll let you go. I'm telling you, man, we got to get some kind of escalator system or something. <laughs> Jeez. Exodus 3. When God began to deal with me in my office today, because I'm telling you, I didn't have time to prepare. He showed me this, and I, as, as he began to show me this, I just sat down there and wept because I thought, man, there's no way an old country boy like me would ever have thought about this. Look at this. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro and his, his father-in-law, the priests of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Stay, grab this. He's not out front. He's disqualified in his own mind. And he came to the mountain of God. It, he didn't even know where he was. Even to Horeb, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him as a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burn with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And, and everybody knows the story, but I want to tell you something the Holy Spirit showed me today. The third thing in this sermon that the Holy Spirit does, you can put that down, he gets you back on track. 
When you feel like you've dropped the ball, when you feel like you're sitting on a church pew and you're worthless, you didn't even realize you came to the mountain of God. You didn't even realize. You just thought you were coming to a Sunday night church. But I, got, I came to tell you, you came to God's house. You came to where there's a fire. Listen, what did he say? Hey, you've been sitting for 40 years. Nobody, you're thinking nobody cared about you. And the fire began to burn. And he said, hey, my people need you. I, the cries of the people have come up to me and if there's ever been a time where God's looking and saying who's gonna go for us who can I send the cries of America are rising up violence and terror and everything happening the American people need somebody they're in bondages hair they're putting elephant tranquilizers in heroin now and killing people there's a there's an epidemic that's gripped our hearts and he's saying hey I haven't forgot about you I haven't. You think that I, you're disqualified. Hey, you think you've dropped the ball. I promise the fire will speak to you and say, hey, it's now. Today's the day. Don't look back. Look forward. The fire of God will stir you again and remind you who you are in Christ. Listen to me. If you haven't prayed in tongues in a while, you need to say, I don't want the tongues. I want the Holy Ghost and fire and let the tongues come with him. He'll begin to flow through you like liquid lava. It's amazing. Jared was sick. I was hoping he was here tonight. I stood on a stage like this at camp and he came down and said, I need God. And God began to fill him with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, it was like an atomic bomb went off in that church. The glory began to just bubble out of his life and he got purpose again and direction. That's what we need. Oh, I wish I wasn't fat. I could feel this more. Whew. I feel God. He wants to talk to his people. He wants to remind them. Some of you are thinking he's going to talk to you and put you and promote you over all these people and you can't even sit under anybody. Oh, so the fire's here tonight. I'm going to be promoted to Joseph. Be over all of Egypt. Yeah, you will. 13 years of dungeon time. It'll do you about right. Learning how to serve under the keeper of the jail. It'll, it'll do you good amazes me i heard a preacher say the other day she said you know what's funny about this generation they get saved and then they ask me give me a mic and get me on the stage don't even know a scripture yet Come on. Come on. let me tell you something we don't do it anymore because we got these little phones with cool cameras back in the day in order for something to develop it had to go to the dark room it had to sit in the dark where nobody saw it. Some of you, the fire of God's going to drive you to the dark room. And the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. We like the scripture, I know I do, and I'm claiming it, that he healed them every one. I'm talking right about it. He's teaching on healing. God, Jesus healed them every one. I love that. But the, gate, the guy that was at the gate, the lame man at the gate, Jesus didn't heal him because he knew Peter and John were going to heal him so that the church could be started. Sometimes you've got to walk through some stuff. Smith Wigglesworth used to punch people and say it was the devil he was punching. And you know what? They were healed. Guess what happened to Smith Wigglesworth? He came down with gallstones, kidney stones. They said he would roll in the floor and pass blood and he would, then he would go out and he was sick and he would go out and pray for masses and they'd be healed. You say, man, that doesn't really make good sense. Oh, yeah. 
his brother-in-law was writing and said, ever since he got that sickness, he never punched another person in the stomach again because he understood they were coming to be healed and they were hurting. See, he went to the dark room and it gave him a new ministry of love. Some of you are thinking, the pro- you don't get it. If he promotes you right now the way you are, you will destroy his precious body. You got to go. You got to get under. When I asked God a while back, I was like, I'm about to turn 35. I don't know what you want me to do. If it's still staying with the youth, that's good, but I need a new vision. And I felt like at camp, he began to give me one. But he spoke to me so clear, and he said, I want you to help him. I want him. I have called you to help the pastor. And I said, well, Lord, I'll take the call, and I'll do it. That's not, he didn't speak to me, Kurt, and say, I'm going to start calling you to these mission services when 5,000 kids are going to get freed from heroin and drugs. He he didn't say that. He said, I want you to be faithful to me and full of fire and and hold his arms up like Hank said the other Sunday. Joshua and Ur. There's a cool story there. I don't know why I got here. But the fire is going to call you to where you need to be. The fire will burn. Listen, the Carter family started coming in. He's always been working. I've been watching him. I told him, I was like, man, you're a workhorse. You want to do something for God. You don't want to be the spotlight. You just want to help. Man, that's, I'm thankful for that. And the end of the story is, is if you'll just keep getting that fire in you, he'll promote you way beyond wherever you imagine. You'll see things that you, listen, I know you know this. Do you think Moses, when he heard that, I'm calling you, do you think that he thought that day, I'm going to be the only person ever to see God? No. You think he thought that? You think he thought he was going to watch his shepherd's rod that was just so common to him stretch over an ocean and an ocean part? That's why I like the King James, hither and thither. Get out of here. Awesome. Awesome. Some of you have awesome encounters awaiting. God will do exceedingly above, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that works in us, the fire. If you are just roaming aimlessly through church, been there, done that, got a t-shirt, a backpack, got it all. He is speaking from the fire tonight, saying, hey, people need you. There are people that need you desperately right now. It ain't about, it ain't about a position in the church. It's about the people out there. He's saying, hey, your high school needs you. I've heard their cries at night. They seem like they got it together to your face, but they're broken because the wages of sin is death and it'll always be death and be no, it'll be pleasurable for a season, but the way of the transgressor will be hard always. Because yes. no matter what comes to somebody filled with love, the baptizer's with them. The one that fills them with the Holy Ghost and fire. I didn't even talk about him tonight. Jesus Christ. As we want him, he fills us. 
The last thing, a dove, the Holy Ghost. And I researched this to make sure before I taught you this or said this. I thought it was so awesome. A dove has nine feathers on each wing to make a perfect thing. And I thought, there's nine gifts and there's nine fruits. And if we want the Holy Ghost in our life, you can't just focus all on gifts because he's not going to fly over us. You can't just focus on just the spiritual gifts. You got to get into those love and gentleness and kind of long suffering. I hate that word. I read it. I'm like, that is everything I'm not. And then he's like, that's why the fire's here. To burn you out of the picture and make you long suffering. Guys, he'll give you a wife that's got things you don't have. Just to remind you. Thank God for a wife that's full of long suffering. (laughs) She helps me more than y'all know. But to get the Holy Spirit, you got to get all of him. Yes, I want the gifts here. I really do. But I believe if we'll get love, everything else will. It's it's the bond of perfectness, Colossians says. That fire will just be contagious. I've watched, I watched a guy with prostate cancer right here get prayed for. Didn't even tell us what he really had. The next morning he was going to get operated on and he went on Monday morning and there was nothing. I want to see that. Don't get me wrong. I want to see everybody in this room get in their prayer closet and let the Spirit of God that Jude said build up your most holy faith praying always in the Holy Ghost. I want to see that. But with that, I want the fire. I don't just want crazy, wild, miraculous gifts and no love in the pulpit and no in the pews. We got to get the love back. We got to be a fire. Everybody stand with me. Tonight, I don't, whatever they sing, whatever they play, it won't matter to you if you get this fire. If, if you've given up on your call and your vision and your dream, or you just feel like God doesn't even notice, the bush is speaking tonight. The Jesus of the bush is speaking tonight. He's asking us to get back the fire. They wouldn't let the light go out in the temple. You ever read that? Don't let the, don't let the fire go out. That's teaching us something today. Brother Doug, I've looked at my life. Sometimes I let the fire go out. Didn't mean to. Got busy. Ever gotten too busy? <laughs> Realized you were on what I call autopilot. You fly into church, say a couple amens, you fly out, got everything going on. It's not fire. It doesn't take just a numerous amounts of time. It can just be in your truck or in your car just saying, I I need the fire again. And if you're here tonight and you don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm I'm thankful that my mom came from the Baptist church because a lot of times I grew up Pentecostal. Dancing around an altar was pretty normal to me. But she had to get eased into it. And she reminds me sometimes that everybody in the room is not on par with you. You start talking about jumping around and dancing and they think you're pretty much nuts. She said until a little old saint one time sat down beside her in her 80s put her hand on her to pray for her mom said I fell out of my chair into the floor 
under the power of God. See, she had the fire. So you don't doubt it when you experience it. He's amazing. I was in my kitchen this last week and I thought about where Caleb said when they heard the bad report, Caleb said, they're bread for us. They're, wow, they're bread for us. He heard all this evil about how high the walls were and how great the grapes were and the figs and the pomegranates. And he interrupted the negative mouths and said, whoa, yes, they're bread. We're going to eat them up. And in my kitchen, Brother Northcutt, the power of God swung in my kitchen. I thought I was going to run through the wall. I was in the lowest. I was attacked and down. And the Holy Ghost fire just swooped in there and said, it's bread. And the next day in my car, I was thinking about all these people that have these glorious, beautiful children. And I want one desperately. And I was feeling so down and I, I lifted my voice in my car. I know the lady at the red light thought I was crazy. I was snot bubbling and crying. I said, devil, it's bread for us. When we have this baby, I'm going to bring him on that stage and I'm going to encourage everybody in the body of Christ that God is faithful and that God is good and I'm going to eat that bread. You're bread for us. So when you see me walk up and start screaming, he's bread, and I've got a baby in my hands, you know I'm going to encourage the body that our God is faithful to everything he said. I'm not believing the evil report. I'm believing he's bread for us. My children are my inheritance from the Lord himself. So tonight, whatever you're facing is bread for you. Eat it up. It's not a giant, it's bread. 